Well, hello. It's great to be with you today. And I'm so grateful to have this invitation to speak to you about praying in the Holy Spirit. I know when we talk about prayer, we sometimes feel like kind of cloud come over us. Oh dear, uh, prayer, if only I did better. And certainly that's not my intention to bring a cloud of kind of guilt that we sometimes feel. In fact, it's ever so important that we don't go there when we're talking about prayer. Here in this context, we're talking about praying in the Spirit. And uh, that's in the context of Ephesians chapter 6, where Paul is talking about our Christian warfare. He's talking about the battle that rages. Yes, we're, we're in a battle. I guess we're very aware of that at the moment, perhaps more than normal. It is a battle. And so he goes through these pieces of armour, which we're not going to look at, but actually he spends more time in this section about praying in the Spirit, which he kind of sums up at the end, longer on this than any of the other items in this armour that he's presenting to us. So praying in the Spirit is part of the conflict. Now, we can see that repeatedly in the Old Testament. We see battles uh, fought by, for instance, Joshua and Moses, where Moses' prayer up in the mountain is as significant, if not more significant, than the battle being fought on the ground by Joshua. And that's a kind of wake-up call to us that how vital prayer is. We find it in other locations in the Old Testament that prayer is there for us. But, you know, we don't do prayer to kind of earn points. We're not into some kind of legalistic, relationship with God that if I pray a lot God's pleased with me if I don't he's not he's pleased with me because I'm in Jesus and once you celebrate grace you get rid of all that kind of guilt and enjoy the favor of God but having said we're not legalistic doesn't mean we don't want to be disciplined we have to see the difference between legalism which is trying to earn favor become acceptable now that's dealt with God's given us his favour. We are acceptable. And discipline, which means actually I want to make some choices. I think it's Don Carson who says that it's not that men don't want to pray. It is that they don't plan to pray. And so we need to find out what's your best time to pray. I think it was J.O. Fraser, that great missionary who went to China, was such a man of prayer, that spoke about find your best time. Now, I know for me, my best time these days would be in the morning. And when I was younger, I came alive in the evening, but now it's the other way around. So, I mean, for discipline, I'll make sure I'm not too late that night so that I can be fresh in the morning. I make some choices. I want to get with God in prayer. And so learning to pray, pray is going to be important for us, and it's going to require some discipline. We want to shut the door and be with our Father who's in secret. Now, if you're like me, uh, I can be shutting the door, but my brain still goes through the window. So I always have a, a little pad of paper uh, and a pen there. So if something comes to mind, I just jot it down quickly and get on with my praying. So just to be disciplined and come to God. But in this particular context, we're talking about praying in the Spirit. Now, Obviously, we could look at prayer from so many different angles, but praying in the Spirit is the theme. It speaks in Romans 8 about the Holy Spirit helps us to pray. And it says it in Romans 8. It's very interesting. Romans 8 is about 
what the theologians like to call the now, but they're not yet. Now we are the children of God. Now we have been saved. But we know that the whole of salvation hasn't come yet. The whole world, we're told in Romans 8, is groaning, longing for, waiting for. We're living this kind of overlap period where for us, yeah, we've started our eternal life. But the world is still in conflict, setbacks, and we live in that context. And it says we're waiting our full adoption, the redemption of our bodies. And so this kind of conflict comes right into our life experience. And so the Holy Spirit comes to help us in that problem that we feel because praying is difficult. It says we don't know how to pray. Some translations say we don't know what to pray. You say, okay, I'll pray. (laughs) What am I going to pray about? I don't know how to pray. Sometimes we feel, I don't feel God's nearness very much. Sometimes we think, well, could I not be spending my time more profitably? It's very hard to measure what we accomplished while we were praying, when there's so much to do. And so we need to be very clear in our minds. No, I want to have faith that God has said that prayer is a mighty, mighty weapon. And my sense of feeling it's difficult, you know, Jesus said men shall always pray and not give up. I mean, why did he say that? Obviously, that's one of the things that comes to mind. Shall I bother and get on with something that I can measure what I accomplished with? And so it's into that context of, yeah, certain frustration, limitation, that we get this wonderful promise. The Holy Spirit comes to us to help us in prayer. He is the helper to get us through. So in what way does he help us? Well, we need to really engage with the Holy Spirit. We, we need to get to know him more and enjoy the help that he brings. We're not on our own. The Holy Spirit comes to help. In fact, we live in the Spirit, and so praying in the Spirit is part of this life we live in the power that he supplies. And so, for instance, it says this, the love of God is poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. So for me, when I pray, I want to first of all engage with that love of God. I want to enjoy it. I want to experience it. So in praying in the Spirit, I I would spend quite a long time at the beginning just enjoying the love of Jesus. So when I sit down to pray, I I sit to pray. Um, I know you can kneel, you can stand, do what you will. On, On the day of Pentecost, they were sitting. I take great courage from that. Okay, so when I sit to pray in the mornings, I start by singing songs to God. I just start singing worship songs that come to mind. Sometimes I use a hymn book. I, I, I find hymn books sometimes take me along channels that maybe I wouldn't have chosen. I maybe just remember the first verse, but then the hymn opens up and it takes me along. So I'm enjoying the love of God. I, 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 I sense his presence. I do. I, I just feel like his touch upon my head. I feel his gentle touch of the Spirit upon me. I start just singing. And I sing song after song, enjoying his love, celebrating his love for me. Now, that's helping me engage with the Spirit. That The Spirit says, Abba, Father. And to me, that's a big deal when we pray. We're coming to our Father. 
Now, sometimes people say, when you pray, start with confession. I think that's a huge mistake. It doesn't say that in the Bible. But some people feel that makes good sense. You're kind of clearing the decks. You're kind of saying, well, let's clean things up first and just confess your sin. But the Bible says we have an enemy who's called the accuser of the brothers and sisters, and he accuses us. So when you come to God, if you start with, Lord, I'm sorry for this, and please forgive me for that, I find the enemy just moves in and starts saying, yeah, and what about this, and what about that? Oh, yeah, that too, I'm so sorry. And in the end, you have a kind of pity party. You come a guilt-conscious to God, and you don't want to come guilt-conscious. You want to come father-conscious, aware of my acceptance, aware of his delight in me. I often think of the prodigal son when he's on his journey home and to his amazement finds his father uh, searching the horizon to see, is he coming, is he coming? And I have that in my mind often when I come to father. I have in mind that my father is looking for me, waiting for me, and actually will run to me. And I, I have that... I engage with God like this, Lord, come running to me, come. And it says he he fell on his neck and kissed him and they threw a party. And I just sing and enjoy God's presence. For me, this is huge. It's so important because it inspires me in terms of faith. And I'm finding the Holy Spirit is helping me to pray. For myself, I've, I've never actually been one who has prayer lists. I never have. I'm not against them. But I, I find the Holy Spirit draws things to mind and puts things in my mind, in my heart. As I'm engaging with the Spirit, so I, I'm finding he's leading me. Now, we know it's the blood of Jesus that gives us access, gives us the right to come because the blood has been shed and, and we've been cleansed. But we read in Ephesians chapter 2 and 18, it says, by the Spirit, we have access to the Father. So our way of coming to the Father is by the Holy Spirit's presence. He brings us to the Father and we begin finding the Holy the Holy Spirit stirs us within and we find motivations that come from him. Praying in the Spirit, I feel you begin to find another energy kind of kicks in. Uh, I think the old Puritans used to talk about praying yourself into prayer. Because sometimes it's hard, isn't it? Sometimes your mind wanders and all the rest of it. But we need to just press through and keep expecting the Holy Spirit to come alongside and motivate and stir until in the end we're praying, as it says, with all the energy that he mightily inspires within us. And so we find, hey, we're praying in the Holy Spirit. We're praying, even the vocabulary, you find, wow, these phrases are coming, almost kind of like a prophetic thing. You find you're moving into another gear. And that's what I believe Paul's talking about here, praying in the Spirit. Now, we know he says in Corinthians that we pray with the understanding or we pray with the Spirit. Now, in that context, I believe he's talking about praying in tongues, You pray with the understanding or when you pray in tongues, you don't understand what you're saying. So that's praying with the Spirit. But this phrase, praying in the Spirit, is kind of an umbrella over the whole thing. So whether we are 
praying in tongues, and certainly I would do that often, and often when I'm singing. I'll sing even uh, songs that I know, but I'll sing them in tongues. I find my spirit starts stirring within me as I'm singing those familiar melodies, and yet I sing them in tongues. And I, I just find the spirit starts stirring within me. And then I find the Holy Spirit is stirring and prompting. Now, I'm talking about individual here, but often Paul is writing to the church rather than to an individual. And so for me, I find praying with others is so inspiring. And, and even, you know, where it says two or three, and often <laughs> that's kind of quoted, look, you know, there's a prayer meeting tonight and only two or three turn up. You say, oh, you did say two or three. But actually for me, Two or three is one of the best ways uh, because you can kind of agree together. And I find I, I get sparked by something somebody else prays. And, and suddenly you get caught up in one another's prayers. You find that you yourself are being stimulated by what they pray. So don't wait for them to finish and think, oh, blow, she prayed what I was going to pray. No, we're in this together. We pray together. And the Holy Spirit inspires and motivates. I think the other thing the Holy Spirit does is when you feel you're being led in a certain way, that you feel there's something other than I, like even a compassion, you feel that's kind of foreign to me. I don't feel that kind of compassion. But in the New Testament, the word compassion is always associated with Christ. It's Christ's compassion. And we, we can suddenly feel something of his compassion in our hearts. We find ourselves praying things that actually had their roots in God, his desires. And so when we're praying together, sometimes you'll find faith grows because, well, I just, I don't know why, I, I prayed that with confidence. I remember years ago when uh, we had just arrived in Brighton, and we were meeting in a school, and it was getting to be too small for us. And we thought, boy, we need another location. And I once walked past a place called Clarendon Church, and I knew that building. I'd known it for years. And I knew there was a tiny congregation in what was a very large building. And, and I remember saying to Henry Tyler and Dave Fellingham, they were my kind of co-elders in those days, the very early days, uh, in Brighton, we were only about 70 people at the time. And we got down and prayed for that building. And it was one of those rare occasions, I have to say rare, when we knew as we prayed, we've got it. And, and I remember we sat back and said, hey, we've got it, haven't we? And the Holy Spirit was engaging with us. We were praying with tremendous confidence. And, and it just... God did it. You know, you realise you've arrived at something. And I remember when we were, uh, we got into that building and we had, we got into it, we walked into it, they gave it to us, but it was terribly run down and we had to start raising money. And God spoke to us prophetically and said, I will use your need for money for this building as an anvil. I'm going to hammer out your faith. And we started praying for gift days and, and we said, well, we want to raise, at the beginning, like 20,000 every time. And we prayed together. Now, our prayer meetings at the beginning might have been like 50 people, I can't remember, but they gradually grew and grew. 
and so did the targets that we needed to raise. And the Spirit gave us a corporate faith. Really, it was quite exciting. You could talk to some of the young guys that were in the church in those days. We really knew we'd got, we really knew we've got the 100,000 we were going for. One. And then another time we needed 200,000. I mean, it was so exciting as we prayed to feel faith rising in the room. And sometimes somebody would quote a scripture, someone would pray in a certain way. And it's hard to kind of analyze, but you just found this dynamic happening inside you that we're gaining ground, we're believing. We've come to a, you know, we're in faith for this now. And I believe that's what praying in the spirit is. And I think without that dimension, prayer can be so difficult. I know when I first went to the church in Seaford, where Wendy and I first started, there was already a, what they called a church prayer meeting. And it was terrible. It was dull. Uh, there was no worship. We just, the guy who led it just had a, a list. Now we're going to pray for this. We prayed. And then now we're going to pray for this. We prayed. And, uh, and then gradually, in God's mercy, people started getting filled with the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, we'd come to this rather conservative church. And I'd been open that I want to lead you into life in the Spirit. Uh, so I had kind of permission. But, you know, I was laying hands on one and another and another and another. And then we, we started a second prayer meeting. And... We just made it public. There's a second prayer meeting. And it was never planned this way, but the people getting filled with the Spirit started coming to the second prayer meeting. And it was, they, were, they were both in homes. That's how we met in those days. And the second prayer meeting was full of the Holy Spirit. And there was worship, a sense of God's presence, and faith. And the sense of advance. It was very exciting. And, I, and I, I would say praying in the Spirit is so different to what can be so boring. You know, it's a tad, very sad thing that prayer meetings can become dull and, and a turn-off. When really, I remember saying to the church at Seaford in those early days, Sunday mornings could be like this. Because that prayer meeting became so alive in the Spirit. And I said, look, the whole church could be like this. And they were thinking, wow, could it? And then, praise God, by the time we finished, it was. But we, hope, we need to make room for the Spirit, get to know the Spirit, follow the promptings of the Holy Spirit, that he teaches us to listen for one another in prayer. So when we're praying, you're, you're involved in other people's prayers. You're listening. What's, what's the Lord impressing on people so that we feel stirred? Now, I think probably there's much more that I need to learn about praying in the Spirit. I remember back in the 90s, some of you would have been around when there was that extraordinary outpouring of the Spirit. And I was praying with David Holden and Nigel Ring. And, and we just were overwhelmed with the Spirit and started praying for Sydney, Australia. And I didn't know why or what that was all about. But I think it may have been just short of half an hour, something like that. We were just crying to God for Sydney. <laughs> it was like, what was that all When it was finished, it was, what was that all about? You just felt you'd been taken hold of by another energy. You felt passionately about it, just went with it and prayed. Said, Lord, we're just believing you're working in this. Now, that's pretty rare for me to be in a context that seemed almost kind of foreign to me. 
But I want to be led by the Spirit, don't you? I'm sure we do. And let's remember, it comes in this context of the battle, the weapons of our warfare, the shield, the sword, the breastplate, and praying in the Spirit. So God bless you as you press on, as we learn to pray together, praying in the Spirit, welcoming Him, expecting Him to prompt us, we'll get increasing boldness and confidence to obtain things God wants to give to us. So God bless you. It's been great to be with you.